Welcome everybody to Quarter Twins episode 68. We're going to be talking about movies today. Shocker, I know. Not just any movie, all movies that came out this year. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be tumultuous. It's going to be hard. In today's episode, it's just me. It's just me here today with you. Jordan will be doing the same thing for next month. It's going to be an exciting time. It's going to be a fun time. If you see me looking over here, I'm looking at myself. So, hope I quit that. Okay. This year was quite a year. I watched a lot of movies. I watched a lot of new movies. Um, I watched a lot of movies for the first time. I decided to condense it down to just the releases for this year as far as this ranking video goes. So here I have a list of 37 movies. In the bottom spot, number 37, okay? The worst movie of the year. I'm gonna start off with a hot take. Saltburn. What the heck, you guys? What the heck? Um, that movie was gross and weird, and I didn't like it. Barry Keegan, I, I do like. And he was... good. I just... I just didn't feel comfortable watching it. Of course, some movies can make you feel uncomfortable in a good way. This was not in a good way. This was, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at with that one. Um, in 36th position... It's a movie called 65. 65 was an Adam Driver movie. This is a movie where 65 million years ago, humanity found Earth during the time of the dinosaurs. But they weren't humans. They were aliens from an advanced society. What's the point of making them special fancy humans? Why can't it be like time traveling went wrong or something? You know? They're just aliens. And there's nothing, there's nothing cool or interesting about it. They're just aliens. Adam Driver is okay. Uh, Ariana Greenblatt doesn't speak much in this movie at all. I mean, it's fine, but there's no connection. You know, I'm not feeling a connection between these two characters. It's not like Logan, where you have this strong bond formed between Logan and um, his daughter in mutation. Is this going well? Are we doing this? Is this, is this a first take? Number 35, the first superhero entry. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Ugh. I saw this movie this year. Really? You know, obviously there's all the stuff with Jonathan Majors, and we gotta deal with all that, and he was recently uh, proven guilty. It was fun, I had fun, I like Paul Rudd. I think him, Michelle Pfeiffer, and um, Michael, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. I think they're funny. Evangeline Lilly has like five lines in this movie. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, it really shouldn't be called Ant-Man and the Wasp. It should be called Ant-Man and his daughter, Quantumania. The The jokes are funny, but it's like the villain is, is Kang the Conqueror. And this is his movie. And we beat him with ants. He's not scary anymore. I'm not afraid. He's going to have to do some really crazy stuff to build up his Thanos-esque, you know? And, like, he has to be better than Thanos. That's where we're at right now. That's what Marvel has to do, right? The MCU, dying. Death. And it's like, oh, no. 
your big bad is this guy? Number 34, no hard feelings. Sorry, Jennifer, it just wasn't that fun. You know, for me. You're funny. That's about it. Uh, number 33, the boy and the heron. What, what can I say? It's an amazing movie, right? It's so great. Um, I just didn't connect with it. And that's on me. You know? How you How you How you Miyazaki's last film, again? Um, probably in a immaculate achievement of filmmaking and blah blah blah, you know. The story just didn't connect with me. I haven't I haven't been through enough life for this movie to really work for me. It's beautiful, it sounds good, it's performed well. It's just there's a lot of veils. A lot of metaphors, a lot of mixing magical with reality with spiritual, and it's just a bit too much for me. I just didn't connect. Number 32, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, yeah, this made a billion dollars. Chris Pratt is so cool, so cool. I guess. I'm going to come out and say it. I don't care that much about the 80s music stuff. I know a lot of people complained about that a lot, but for me, it just wasn't that big a deal. Like, to be honest, I've never really been mad at it at all. Uh, in number 31, we have Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Okay, this is a sequel. I just watched this yesterday. I've been waiting for this movie since I was four, maybe. Almost 20 years I've been waiting for Chicken Run 2. Okay, Chicken Run, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay, I've seen it more times than almost any other movie. Okay, it's up there with Star Wars in terms of rewatches. So when this movie came out, I was like, oh my gosh, Chicken Run 2. And I had fun. You know? I had fun. Zachary Levi is in this movie. I did not watch Fury, Fury of the Gods, the Shazam one. I did not watch that. And they recast a bunch of other people. And that's fine. But it, it was just sort of an uncanny valley sort of thing with me. Where I just, like, I was watching this movie and I was like, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, number 30. Crack in the top 30. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I like Harrison Ford. I'm a huge Harrison Ford fan. Come on. What, 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 what more could you ask for, really? I will say, I wish that he had stayed in Sicily. I think that would have been more fun, more compelling to have Indiana Jones stuck in history after all this time. Maybe he could be leaving himself clues for the future, for his, for his future endeavors. And I think that would have been fun and interesting. Other than that, I think it's, I think it was great. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Number 29, Netflix's The Killer. Consumerism bad, killing bad, killing also addicting. There's a conversation with um, Tilda Swinton. And uh, if you didn't, if you didn't enjoy that scene, then you won't like the movie. You won't get the movie. The fact that the entire movie can be boiled down to one scene, and that one scene is the best scene, maybe kind of makes you think about the rest of the movie as a whole, and it's like, how much of this is really important? I think Michael Fassbender is very good, and I enjoy him in this movie. Number 28, John Wick Chapter 4. That's right, guys. I have 27 movies above 
John Wick. I watched, for the first time, watched all the John Wick movies this year. So I, I was never into the nostalgia of it. I was never into the hype of it. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. You know, I, uh, that, all of that stuff came to me this year with Jordan. I like to think back to AMPM's slogan, too much good stuff. I think it's just too much. It's fun, and I enjoy the action, but there's not enough of anything else for me. That's where I struggle with this one. Number 27, we have Asteroid City. Uh, this is uh, Wes Anderson coming in with uh, Technicolor Dreamcoat, putting a bunch of famous actors together, giving them a goofy script, and telling them to say goofy things and do goofy things. The, there's only dolly shots and stills. The camera feels like a character. It's very meta. It's very cool. It's very pastel. It's, uh, I had fun watching it. It was goofy. I think that was Tilda Swinton, wasn't it? Yeah. Shout out Tilda. Um, number 26, Extraction 2. I don't know. Number 25, Elemental. Now, this is good. Yeah. Elemental, story about family. I'm a big family guy. I like movies about families. And a movie about race and the expectations put forth by society and the systems in place that oppress specific people. Beautifully told, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's very good. I think the romance plot was a little bit not unneeded, per se. I think it helps drive the character. And it was just, uh, it was a good time. I, I enjoyed the commentary. I enjoyed the animation. It's a very beautiful one. Bing. You know what I mean? Uh, number 24, The Marvels. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I um, I think it's funny. I like Amon Vellani. I like Tayana Parrish. I actually didn't hate Brie Larson in this movie. I'm not one of those, I, I hate women. I hate Brie Larson because I hate women. But uh, I don't think she's very good in the role overall. Um, I thought she was much better in this one. The story about guilt and leaving Earth to save other places. The whole blip stuff in Marvel is for some it, it's working for Brie it's not working for Tiana and I think that that is disappointing because I don't like Brie as much as I like Tiana and I don't like WandaVision uh, number 23 we have Air <laughs> story from my hometown this is a story about Nike coming up with the Air Jordan spoiler alert Nike owns Converse now you know what I'm saying I think uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are one of the greatest film duos could be more happy to see them talking about Oregon. I love stories about Oregon. I love Oregon. I love it so much. I love Oregon. Number 22. This is like a movie, I think. The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. I like Wes Anderson's... I like Dev Patel. Number 21. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves? This movie came out this year. The Lord's Year 2023. I saw it and I... I want to watch it again. Uh, it was just a fun time, you know? It's just like, oh, wow. Yeah. This was fun. And I'm, I'm getting into DMing next year. I'm going to be... I've been working on a campaign for a while. And uh, I think uh, I'm connecting with this story more and more as the time go continues to go forward. Number 20. Cracking the top 20. Uh, Netflix's They Cloned Tyrone. The world needs John Boyega. Not the other way around. And uh, Tiana Parrish again. Boom. She's here. Jamie Foxx. Boom. 
glad he's feeling better. Good, good movie about existentialism and about consumerism. How to be independent of the system. And, you know, how white people appropriate culture and abuse it to for a profit. Capitalism. Cool. It sucks. Whoa. Number 19, Nimona. We're getting closer to the top animated movie of the year, guys. If you're keeping track. Nimona was a Netflix film. An N film. I think it was a very heartfelt story. It's a very good story. I think the only gripe I have was that the messaging was... I don't want to say in your face. That just makes me sound like a, like a goomp. But, you know, maybe the movie's not for me as much as it is for children. <laughs> Quite literally. I like the futuristic cyberpunk medieval world. Uh, that was really cool. Um, interesting one. Next on the list, number 18, we have A Million Miles Away. This is a space movie. Yes! Space movie! Michael Pena is the first, the first immigrant farmer to go into space. Inspiring story about working hard and achieving your dreams. It's realistic at the same time. I, th I, I, I don't think it, that it gives away the... The idea that it's not hard. You can work hard, but there are some other things that it takes, you know? Number 17, Rebel Moon, uh, part one of Child of Fire. Yeah, guys. Yeah, guys. We're in it. I'm sure that Jordan is rolling his eyes. He is rolling over in his chair or in his bed or on his toilet. He, he heard me not say this movie. 20 times, and he's like, Are you kidding me? How could it be this high? I couldn't put it any higher. <laughs> uh, I wish I could. But I don't know, dude. <laughs> this movie was fun. I had fun. I like sci-fi. I like world building. I like knowing that there will be more movies. I like knowing that a better version of this movie is coming out. Let's just get rid of the slow-mo. Number 16. We're getting close here now, guys. We're getting closer. Blue Beetle. Story about family. Huh? How about that? Uh, it's another movie about family. It's another movie about cool superheroes I've never heard of before. Um, aesthetically very pleasing. I really enjoy the uh, the color palettes being used. You can see them in this poster over here. Over there. Um, it's over there. Yeah. Backwards for me. Yeah, I think the performances are there. I think um, it's all a good time. It's been a while since I've seen it. I can't remember anybody's names. Uh, number 15, Suzume. This is um, the best anime of the year. First things first, this one was released in Japan last year, I believe. I do think it was released in the U.S. in 2023. So we're gonna put it. We're gonna keep it on this list. Um, Makoto Shinkai's latest entry, gorgeous, just gorgeous. I love 2D animation. I think that it should never die. Uh, I just think the medium is so interesting. Ultimately, it doesn't really look like real life at all. It's better. You know, my, my favorite animation, my favorite looking thing ever is uh, Violet Evergarden. Suzume is a, it's an interesting story about people and love and family. I think a family is involved. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> I, I do think family was involved. Uh, Should have watched that one again. But it's good. I like it a lot. I know I did. At one point, I really liked this movie, and I knew everything about it. Uh, number 14, Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Best Hunger Games movie ever? 
This one is a surprise. I'll say this might be my biggest surprise of the year. I really enjoyed Rachel Zegler. I think the singing was almost too much. Almost too much, which means that it wasn't too much. I enjoy learning more about Penem and the history and the world building and the differences in technology and how the Hunger Games really came about. It start like it started out as a joke. So that was cool, and I like Peter Dinklage. Uh, number 13. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. This movie was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's clever. It's gross looking. I think it was a big thing for me was how gross it was. But it still was like, yeah. I like how ugly everything is. Lines and 3D, 2D, uh, lots of different styles going together. Layers and things and the like. Number 12. Killers of the Flower Moon. Maybe this is low on my list. Maybe this is really low on my list. It's so long. It has this uh, beautiful ability to be suspenseful without the thing that comes after the suspense. Not, not, not in a, not in a leave nothing behind or whatever that movie is called. Um, way where it's like bad. Uh, obviously, this movie is phenomenal. I think we we we've reached phenomenal. Okay, everything above this at this point, we we we've hit phenomenal. Including two of my favorite, most favorite movies of all time. Kills of the Flower Moon is um, Martin Scorsese, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's good. It's it's great. Lily Gladstone should win Best Actress, I believe. That that is my that is my quarters nomination for for Best Actress. I forgot to be doing. That. I should have been doing that this entire time. I didn't prepare for that. That's fine. I just. Uh, I don't know if there's a reason if there's a reason it's not higher it's because I don't want to watch it again and that's not normally normally I try to be as objective as possible but I think in this case I'm gonna use that as an excuse I have next to zero intention of ever watching this movie again uh, and that's not because it was bad it was just like uh, I don't know I got what I needed out of it I guess uh, number 11 and I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I get to put this at 11. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Just, just eking out of the top 10 movies of the year. Remember two movies ago when Jordan was happy? He ain't happy anymore. I rewatched this not too long ago. A couple days ago. Just because I wanted to see if I could get it above number 10. Just to see if I could sneak it in there. And I couldn't. I can't, I can't exactly describe to you what it is about this one that left me wanting um it's like it's like they just it didn't have an ending or like it needed a sequel or something i i, I don't know the movie is to be continued to eternity forever and uh we have to wait like a, a whole more than a year for this one when the first one came out it was like this is a movie and it's done but now we know there's gonna be a third one i just want it to be over so i can say hey best superhero trilogy of all time and uh, one of the best trilogies of all time I don't know I just it, it could have been better and it wasn't for me it is the best looking movie of the year number 10 do 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 in the number 10 spot 
the Netflix film May December. This movie snuck up on me. Maybe this is the greatest surprise of the year because I looked at the poster and I was like, I don't care about this. Natalie Portman, you guys, really? We're still doing this? And then I watched it and I was like, guys, Natalie Portman is the greatest actress of all time. Julianne Moore, Charles Melton. Oh my gosh, these three uh, come in and they're like, hey guys, what if we just, uh, what if we just acted better than everyone else all year? What if we did that? And then they did. Uh, Natalie Portman and Charles Melton could win Oscars. They, I think they could win Oscars. In the number nine spot, The Holdovers. Oh, fun. A Christmas movie this high on the list? Wow. This is a story about family for people who don't have the best family. Or have lost their family. Or never had one, really. It, it says something about humanity as a, as a species that we can connect across bloodlines, you know, in more ways than just to further our own bloodlines. And I really appreciate that, and I think this movie did that very well, and I like that a lot. Dominic Sessa, a wonderful introduction to his acting career. Paul Giamatti, I mean, he is up there with Howie Mandel, as far as American treasures go. Divine Joy Randolph? I like Divine Joy. I think that that makes more sense to me. Absolutely phenomenal in this movie. She doesn't get enough praise uh, from me. Art direction, the costume designs, it, it feels like a period piece almost. Like it, we, we've gone back in time. It's shot on film. It looks so good on film. It's got this fun aspect ratio thing going. It's, yeah, it was very, very good. I liked it a lot. Number eight, we have a movie, uh, a British movie named Scrapper. This is a movie about family, you guys. This is a movie about family. You know I like a movie about family. Uh, and the next one's about family, too. Yeah! And this one, this one's imaginative. It's short. It's an 84-minute movie. It might be the shortest movie on this list. It's a directorial debut as well for uh, someone named Rebecca or Jean. Not even close. Uh, her name is Charlotte Reagan. The soundtrack, the score, rather, is very, it's, it's subtle, it's repetitive, it's thematic. I wouldn't hit shuffle and enjoy the songs on their own, but like, put on the album and I'll listen to that thing start to finish. It all blends so well together, it's very, very obvious that this is like, it is, it, it's compact, it's well produced, it's, it's very, very, I like that a lot. The performances are there, Lola Campbell stars as Georgie, she's a British kid. And she's having fun, and I really, really enjoyed her performance. It was heartfelt. It was compelling, and I enjoyed it a lot. Number seven, Polite Society. <sighs> wow! You forgot this movie came out. You didn't even go see it. This movie slaps, you guys. This movie slaps. Uh, a movie about family. A movie about following your dreams. Making your sister follow her dreams so much that she forgets what her dreams are. This one, it's just, it's fun, it's happy, um, it's epic, it's funny as all heck. I originally, I saw the poster, I was like, that looks cool, wanna watch that. Then I saw the trailer and I was like, don't need to watch that anymore. Saw it already. And then, I watched the movie. It was, it was just so much fun and I had a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. In the number six spot, just, just, Sneaking out of the top five, thanks to a director's commentary uh, for the next film, uh, Godzilla Minus One. This was going to be 
This was gonna be a top fiver for me for a while. The only reason it didn't is because I learned more about the other movie. And I rewatched the movie and fell in love. This movie was so good. I have I haven't seen any other Godzilla thing. Anything. No Megazords, Mecha Godzillas, American Godzillas versus Kongs, Pacific Rim. Nothing. I, ca I called Mothra, I called it Mothma. As I went into this movie, I was like, are we really like, what's the hype? And I get into the theater, it's packed. Jordan had gone and seen it and said, go see this movie. And I was like, I got free now, I'll go right now. So I get there, the theater's packed. I sat in row C. I was up front and center, right? And this movie is big and this movie is loud. And I was thrown. I was, I was, ugh. I enjoyed how it was able to say a lot about the individual and hope, and how it plays into groupthink, sacrifice, and what that really means, and living for something versus dying for something. It said a lot of things, and it said them all very well, and I think it worked. I think it worked beautifully in that sense. Where am I? We're cracking into the top five here, folks. We're in the top five. Top five! The Barbie movie. <gasps> I am Knuff. So much fun. This is the most fun movie of the year. This is the most happy movie of the year. This is the most existential dread about your place in the universe movie of the year. This is the most Ryan Gosling movie of the year. This is the most Barbie movie of the year. I saw Barbie three times in theaters, and I saw it just recently, the director's commentary with Greta Gerwig, and... Um, Phenomenal. I, I love hearing insight from directors about all the different aspects of the film that they influence. They have they have so much to do. I just find that so much, so almost more interesting than some movies on their own. Greta Gerwig was just talking about all these different aspects of the movie, and it just made me want to go to film school or something. And it's just like, ah, I just, I, I want to be a part of that world so bad. Obviously, here I am in my I Am Knuff shirt hoodie. Um, this movie influenced me. It, it helps. It helped me understand people more. The role of the patriarchy in not only affecting women's lives, but affecting everyone's lives. Men. And, um... Yeah, it was, uh... It was great. I really, really enjoyed that how many times have i said really really enjoyed that it was good i liked it crap i'm unoriginal number four on this list we're getting to that we're getting to the truth of the matter here the creator wow i loved this movie the first time i saw it and the people around me did not like this movie as much as i did they grew grew a sort of animosity towards this film I rewatched it the other day, um, flying home on the plane. Instead of Dungeons and Dragons, I watched this one as well. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know what I was thinking. This movie's amazing. Phenomenal. I think Gareth Edwards' direction is very good. I think the writing team did a good job. I think the production design is worthy of an Oscar. I think the world building is worthy of an Oscar. And they don't even have Oscars for world building. The main character's name is Joshua, which is a big plus for me. Um, Gemma Chan says my name a bunch of times, which is an even bigger plus for me. Um, 
And John David Washington does a great job portraying a character named Joshua, which is a great big plus for me. I think this movie just uh, it, it spoke to me about the power and the weakness of humanity and how we we are so strong yet so afraid of our own strength. Quite good. Quite good. Number three. Bronze. Bring it in the bronze. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I saw this two times in theaters. I didn't cry the first time. I bawled. Bawled my eyes out the second time. This was... The first one came out nine years ago. 2014, the first one. And um, it, it, it just... It hit me again. Like watching... the watch, Anytime I watch Endgame. Where it's like seeing the end of Tony Stark. This is like seeing the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And they're the best ones. Just a, there's a there's an emotional weight that is that has incurred upon me getting to see these guys grow and my my music taste changing from these movies, uh, my opinions on things, my my worldview has changed. My my I've grown up. I was 14 when the first movie came out. You know what I mean? Like there's a level of connection that I will forever feel with Marvel movies and the MCU that will never go away, no matter how bad the movies are. I will always be able to connect with these movies somehow, some way. My body will force me to like them at least a, a tiny amount. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is embedded within me as a human being, as much as Star Wars is from birth. So watching this... Nine years after these characters were introduced to me, and the care and attention to detail and the love for these characters that James Gunn has, and being able to see this trilogy through after what happened with Gamora in Endgame and Infinity War, and the movie was good too. Uh, we get a lot. To, we get to learn a lot about Rocket and how he, his origins and. Um, Chuck Woody is coming in as the uh, the master or whatever his name is, the world maker. I don't know. Um, and he terrifying. How can I separate my emotional attachment to these characters from it being an individual movie on this list? And I can't. So here it is at the in the top. Number two is Past Lives. I have two perfect movies on this list. I don't even know where to begin with this one. Is love more important than anything else? And if it is, is it worth sacrificing everything else for it? Greta Lee's character, um, Nora, is torn between her current marriage and her childhood romance that could be her perfect soulmate. She's a screen a screenwriter, a screenplay writer for like Broadway, a playwright. And she works in New York. She came from Korea when she was young. She knew this boy in Korea and they grew up together. They had a little crush on each other. And when they were in college or um when she was in New York, he found her again and they Skyped a bunch of times and they grew another connection as as uh, young adults. And now, you know, time time has continued to pass, and she's married now, and she's happy, and she's doing what she wants to do with her life. And he's like, look, I love you. I've always loved you. Like, run away with me, blah, blah, blah. 
And so she she has to face this a love that she has for this person who represents a past life. And the love that she has for her life and her husband now. Because she's married to somebody. She loves somebody. This guy loves her, too. And so there, there's a level of, like, she has to reconcile with, is, my, is the life that I'm living now that I like worth potentially losing someone that could be my perfect match um would I be happier just being with him or having my own life that I get to live also with someone who also makes me happy and for me there's no question that's not a that's not a that's not a coded message or a thread I promise you know, I love you. I just mean like in the context of of Nora's life, I think it would be harder for her to move to China to live with this engineer guy and probably not be able to write place anymore than to live with someone she already loves and is already married to and she gets to do what she loves to do. Okay, we're good. I think we're good. <laughs> I think I did it, guys. I think we're okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I've been here for an hour and 20 minutes. Okay, number one. Number one. The number one movie of the year. The best, the best movie of the year. The best one. Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Wow, shocker! Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer! I saw this movie three times in theaters. The first day... It was in August, uh, late August, when it came out, uh, right after watching Barbie. We went to California Pizza Kitchen, and then we came back to the theater and saw it on 70mm. Gorgeous, amazing, transformative. Saw it again with friends. We went and saw Barbie, and then we saw Oppenheimer on standard. Still really good. Smaller, though. Maybe a month later, right before it went out of theater, we went and saw it in IMAX. Ah, oh, Wow. This movie... This is kind of like, I don't have as much to say today, because I haven't seen it since September. So I saw this movie in all three ways, and I have yet to watch it on my phone, but that's the next way I want to watch it, is on my phone, with sound, with noise-canceling headphones on, really just immerse, right? I sit over there in in my bed in the dark, and uh, have nothing in front of me but my phone, just absorb myself into the movie. I'm very excited to do that. Um, this movie was... Uh, it was an experience. It's like the single most important event in human history! Um, I like war movies. I like the... I like Christopher Nolan. I like Keely Murphy. I like the way this movie is presented. It's hard for, It's kind of... It's kind of hard for me to... Put this movie into words. So it's been a while. I can't... I can't bring specifics to this. I think the first time that Killian and Matt Damon were on the train talking about getting all the scientists together and stuff, right? And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, this is the best movie of the year. The performances are perfect. The aesthetics are perfect. Hoyte van Hoytema's cinematography is perfect. Uh, Ludwig Jorensen's music is perfect. 
getting into this guy's head, getting into Levi Strauss's head, the reality-crushing decision, the, the moment of blowing up this test nuke and potentially destroying the entire world, that could have happened. The math supported that possibility. And they were like, we have to do this anyway. Or we could have just beaten them the normal way without killing a ton of civilians. Like 250,000 plus. It's just a terrible, horrible thing that we've done. And we've, we've, I mean, talk about creator, talking about being the creators of the tools of our own destruction. Uh, this is literally the movie about that. I love watching Killian Murphy, like, in the moments where he realizes that he no longer has control over the thing that he spent so long creating. I can't explain it in any better terms than, wow, that was, you know? And, and, and everything with Barbenheimer, too, the, the theatrical experience was unlike anything I've had in, I mean, since 2019 with Endgame and uh, 2018 with Infinity War, like, and those are like nerds and superhero nerds, derogatory, you know what I mean? Like, these, these aren't the great, this, Barbie and Oppenheimer was everyone. People were excited about a nerdy wartime biopic and people were there. And like, not just film nerds, right? Not just old people who like war movies. This is, and people, people are talking about, oh, this is my, this might be one of my favorite Christopher Nolan films. You know, we, we got people packed in the theater talking about the director's name, talking about how fun it was going to the theater. This is, this is, this is the dream. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it was just, it was just so phenomenal to have this experience. This, uh, this collective. Human, human experience with a ton of people uh, all wearing cute, fun outfits for Barbie and then switching to, switch to suits and smoking segeggies out in the parking lot for Oppenheimer. And it was just like there was, there was some, some beautiful collective human element to watching these movies um, that first day. And it was like, wow. It was so cool. It really was special. Um... Lightning in a bottle, as they say. Um, and it was awesome to be a part of it. It was amazing. And um, it transcends the film itself. And makes me want to be... Uh, part of the movie world forever. Okay, guys. This video is going to be over an hour long. There's no way I can cut... Th more than 30 minutes of ums out of this video so this is gonna be a long one this is gonna be a yearly thing we're gonna do now jordan did it last year i didn't get a chance to do it last year because i did i wasn't even on letterbox last year so i didn't really have a ranking made um and so when this video goes up um probably july 9 probably maybe i can get it out by then who knows i'm gonna release the list as well um the list is longer it's like 80-something movies. It includes all the movies I saw for the first time this year. So it has it has all the John Wick movies. It has War for the Planet of the Apes on there. It's It's got everything we talked about this year. Not including TV, although I will have the TV ranking at the top as well uh, for the shows. Yeah, I just... 
thank you guys so much for watching if you made it all the way through um, like the video if you didn't already uh, if you made it all the way through hopefully you liked it <laughs> and uh, consider subscribing we got a podcast we do we're gonna try I mean right now we're kind of doing monthly um, hopefully we can get back into the swing of things and get back to weekly um, eventually and um, yeah we will uh, Jordan will see you next time I will see you at the quarters um, in March I'll see you guys then alright